Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hey guys, before we get going with this interview, I want to remind you about the newsletter that's going to be coming up starting in July. Every month, you'll get a newsletter that comes to your actual mailbox, physical newsletter, and at the end of the year, you'll get a thumb drive with all the content from the podcast, video and audio, and all the newsletters that you will have on file to be able to keep. The idea with this is I want to give you something that you actually own for a $5 a month subscription. So if you want to be involved in that, reach out to me, message me, and I can get you on the mailing list, and then in July, you'll get that first newsletter. If you want some swag like a hat, a bucket hat, or a glass, reach out to me and I can send you one of those as well. And now to the interview. Hello and welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I hope you guys are all having a good day today. My day's been going pretty well so far. We're getting ready for our first camping trip of the year. It's in June, but we're actually just now going out for the first time. Uh, a little bit late for us, but we're excited to get out there. So I've been doing some things early this morning, getting the camper ready and all that good stuff. But I'm ready now for this interview and excited to talk to a new buddy, Andrew Isker. How's it going? Yay. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Glad glad that you're here. Let's go ahead and pray and ask for the Lord's help, and then we'll get into our conversation today. Father, we just thank you for this time. I thank you for a brother and all you're doing in his life and in his family and in the church, and then beyond that, through his writing and podcast ministry and, and everything that's going on in his world. So we, we pray for blessing on this conversation for everyone that's listening in. God, I pray this would be an encouragement and help. And we just thank you for your grace that's upon us right now. And we trust you're going to lead us. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, so brother, I have been listening and watching from afar your ministry and read the book Christian Nationalism that you wrote with Torba. But I would like to just go ahead and get to know you a little bit. So if you would just come in and kind of bring me up to speed, tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. And then I know you're a CREC pastor, but just kind of tell us a little bit about your life. Well, yeah, actually, uh, even, even with that, I uh, was ordained in the CREC, but the church I currently serve um, is what was a Wesleyan church that's become independent. And so okay. we're, we're coming out of out of uh, the Wesleyan church, moving toward reform. So it's not it's not quite ready to be a, a member congregation to CREC yet. Um, okay. Well, let's just pause for a second. So, yeah. okay. So how in the world did that happen? Cause I went to Wesleyan <laughs> Holiness uh, Pentecostal college and then, uh, you know, have, okay. have pastored Baptist churches and stuff. And, and now uh, the church we're mm -hmm. part of. So how in the world did you become a, a pastor of a Wesleyan church? Um, what's the, yeah, I moved back to my hometown in 20, in the fall of 2018 and that's that's the church I went to when I was uh, growing up. Uh, okay. So when I was a little kid, and it was always really small, really really small congregation in this in the in a very small town. And so I was out of ministry for you know about a a year or two. And the the pastor the pastor I had when I was for most of my youth uh, was seventy nine years old and said, Hey, I would I would like to retire now. Okay. And uh, but this just since the church was so small. He said, well, if, if I retire, they'll just shut it down. And I, I really don't want that to happen. And so he's like, would you like to take over? And I like, well, you know, I really do miss preaching. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to return to uh, ministry or at least uh, so soon. And, uh, but I, I was like, you know, I have to do it. My, my uh, grandfather and my, my great grandfather were 
were founding board members of that congregation. And wow. so it was, uh, it's like, I, I really don't want to see it die either. Um, so I, yeah, I, I agreed. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll come on and, and take over. And, and, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've uh, started to grow uh, since then, you know, it, it, uh, it, it, it's still a very small church in a, in a very small town. Um, so it's, it is, it is always kind of funny. You know, people are like, Oh, I, I read your stuff and I like, you know, they, they treat me like I'm some big, you know, celebrity or something. And it's like, I have a, I have a church smaller than some of your Bible studies that your church does. You know, <laughs> Well, I mean, you could, you could say that our church has doubled or tripled in size and I know, really, I, really impressed. Yeah, I know. I, I usually, yeah, like, yeah, that I could be like Rick Warren and just, uh, <laughs> you know, trot out my stats all the time. Oh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but really, it, uh, it the the Lord has blessed the 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 work that we've done in in this in this small town, um, and and a lot of it has been, you know, people in, in our in our town who were, um, I mean, all all of it's in the context of of after twenty twenty. You mm-hmm. know, I, I took I I started, I came on um, right after the lockdowns ended. Um, okay. I I started preaching, and so, you know, and if if our church had been independent then um the the pastor the previous pastor and me both were like well we'd stay open you know we mm-hmm. would we would uh we would not have closed down at all especially a church that small there's no reason to uh close down i mean mm-hmm. it's just silly right. but but at, at any rate um people in my town have uh you know started to uh become interested in the church uh they really i mean it starts out where and we can get into more more of this uh, later but it kind of starts out where, you know, people will, they'll hear about our church or, or people, friends of theirs in our church will, will tell them, Hey, there's, there's this church where you don't have to like pretend to be disinterested in politics to mm-hmm. go to church, <laughs> right? Uh, to go to a, a evangelical, you know, Bible believing church and uh, where the Pat like, it doesn't preach it on Sunday or anything, but, but everyone there, you know, has it, it really cares about the things going on in, in our, in our culture and our country and, and, and so forth. And, you know, that, that draws um, a particular type of person in, you know, usually mm-hmm. it's, you know, usually it's men uh, leading their families into it where, where they've, um, they've, oh, they, they've just stuck out like a sore thumb and in, in yeah. kind of the typical evangelical context where, these are men who are leaders. I mean, there was, I, I, I shared a clip that a friend posted on Twitter of, of old Mark Driscoll uh, video where he talks about, um, where he talks about uh, how men who are like entrepreneurs and, and, and kind of, um, I don't know how you, what lingo you want. If you use like internet manosphere lingo, like alpha males, you know, yeah, like, yeah, uh, men, right. you know, but men that are, that are dominant, you know, men that, that, that are active, that want to, to do things, change things, affect culture, things like that. Like they don't, they don't fit in our churches at all. Mm-hmm. Typically right. like they, they, they're seen as troublemakers. They're seen as men that cause problems. And so uh, I invited all those guys to my church <laughs> and wanted them here. Uh, and it's, it's been awesome. And, and, awesome. and it's cool. I mean, the cool thing too, is that, um, you know, so much of the, the Bible teaching is, you know, it's just really tepid in, mm-hmm. in, in, in so many churches across, you know, the whole country, but even, even in, you know, locally where, 
um, you you stumble upon you know a evangelical family that's been going to church their whole lives 20 30 mm -hmm. years and they they simply do not know the bible because they've never been taught it uh, by anybody like the the sermons that they have are 15 minutes long and mm -hmm. they are they're like little motivational talks about how to be you know have better relationships or things like that you know uh, and yeah, they're all right. always catered toward like uh, feminine um sort of problems and issues and, and lifestyle things yeah. um and so it's never like all right we're going to take this chapter of the old testament and expound on it and, and tell you what it means and what it how it relates to your life today um so like when these people come they're like wow there's so much in the bible i didn't even know about like i've been, I've awesome. been preaching like straight through from i may i preached the first thing i did i did um a series on the gospel of matthew that took about a year Okay. And then I've been preaching on um, from the book of Judges just straight through to Second Kings, and I'm in Second Samuel now. Okay. And and I mean I can't tell you how many people there there are people that are that are older, you know, in their 70s who are like, I've gone to church my entire since I was a little kid, and I did not remember a single sermon ever in my entire life on the book of Judges or, or hmm. a sermon you know, a sermon from first Samuel that wasn't David and Goliath. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've, I've, no one's ever preached on, on this before. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's kind of both of those things where we're, we're opening up the whole Bible. Um, we're, we're teaching people the scriptures and, and applying it to life today, which, which mm -hmm. you absolutely can do even, even old Testament stuff. And, and people are, you know, like it's, it's like light every, every week I see like another light bulb go on for different people. It's, it's That's really, cool. it's really, really cool and really encouraging uh, to, to see. Um, I mean, it's, it's still, it's, it's hard, it's hard work when you're in a, in a small town, um, right. you know, just cause it's, there's not a ton of resources here. There's not, um, there's not, it's not a wealthy town mm -hmm. uh, by any, by any stretch of the imagination. And so, you know, yeah. it's, there's just, you're limited in what you can do. And, and a lot of people are really comfortable with, with the church that they have. A lot, a lot of people are really comfortable with the setup where you get a 15 minute little Ted talk, mm -hmm. uh, motivational talk and, and some, and some rock music before and after. Um, mm -hmm. And then right. that's, that's your religious entertainment for the week. And you know, a lot of people are really comfortable with that. And, yeah. and, but the people who want something more, you know, that's, that's really the folks that I'm after that I want to pour into. Yeah. Um, so, so now you're at the smaller church. I mean, obviously this, this is not your full-time work I'm assuming. And no. I'm also assuming you're not probably a full-time writer and podcaster. So w what do you do for work? Well, you know, in, in the past I've done other uh, full-time, you know, full-time jobs. Um, you know, the church is able to support us um, more now than, it, than when I first started. Good. Uh, but no, I, I mean, I'm working, uh, I am working for Gab um, as well. Oh, nice. uh, doing, yeah, doing work for, for Torba. I mean, that's how we, um, when we came up with the book idea, some of that is, yeah, you know, I, uh, I get to, I get to write, you know, more mm -hmm. now. Um, yeah, that's cool. For, for that reason. Uh, so yeah, it's, it has been a huge, huge, huge blessing uh, to be cool. able to, to work, work okay. for him. A couple more just real important questions. So first, uh, how long you had the mustache? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. It's been a year now. I mean, I've, I've, I've had it before and okay. I think this time it's just going to stay, man. Like I, uh, go. I, I got sick of being carded. I mean, I'm almost 40 <laughs> years old and I, I go to the gas station to, to, to you know pick up some zin or go to the liquor store for a case of beer and it's like you look like you're 12 you know yeah. uh so i'm i just have this baby face i'm i my dad 
my dad's almost 80 and um he's consistently for my entire life people have thought he's 15 years younger than he is so oh, really just, okay it's a, it's a curse man until i get really <laughs> old uh <laughs> I hear you. I had a mustache for a while and all my buddies were like, man, that, that's, that's great. And my wife is like, honey, I just don't like it. And uh, <laughs> so I grow it out every fall. That's what it's like. Hunting season's coming. And so yeah. then I end up growing it out. Oh, that's um, great. <laughs> so how in the world, so how, how, and you, how did you and uh, Torba become buddies? Uh, Andrew Torba. So the two, two Andrews writing, writing a book, but so how, yeah. how did you guys become buddies and you get involved with Gab? Um, yeah, I, he, he, Boy, like two years ago now or a year and a half ago, more than that. Let me think the time frame. It was like 2021. Um, he you know tweeted something out where he's like, Does anyone have any you know resources on Matthew 24? Like he was really getting into um you know post-millennial eschatology mm-hmm. and uh preterism and things like that. And I had just finished preaching on on Matthew 24 mm-hmm. and and so he's like, here, here, share links of, of content on, on, on Matthew 24. Like he asked about the Olivet discourse. And so I'm like, okay, well I'll send him mine. Maybe, maybe he'll like it. Uh, and you, know, you think it's like, oh, it's just this huge, huge account, this huge guy, like uh, never going to even click on what I send. Yeah. And then, and then like, dude, like 20 minutes later, I get a DM in my inbox. That's, um, and it's a 40 minute sermon. So he listened to, to it on, on two speed. He's like, that's the best sermon on, on Matthew I've ever heard. And, oh, uh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Uh, awesome. And, and then like that night, like he went back, he listened to, you know, the first, the, the next three that proceeded in the series. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. it's really good. Um, and so, yeah, we just, we, we, uh, from that point, um, yeah, we got to know each other real well, you know, um, uh, dm and and texting and and stuff like that um and you just you know you kind of know right away when when uh when this like this is my guy like this is we're like you know it it was it's like the uh it's totally a pagan godless movie but like the stepbrothers you know did we just become best (laughs) friends you know thing uh yeah like that's that's that you you get like that happened you know so Mm. uh so over the over the course of the next year yeah we we got to got to know each other real well and and uh um that's when yeah i started uh when i came on on board doing doing work for gab and and uh you know doing writing and 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 so forth um as well mm-hmm. and um yeah yeah it's been uh it's been a whirlwind since then man like i did i never thought like oh we'll we'll write a book together and and yeah. it will yeah. do it'll do really really well um and get attacked by all sorts of crazy uh, people uh, you mean it's not been warmly received everywhere and everyone who's read it i mean all the people that i would want to warmly warmly receive it uh have all the people uh-huh. that like if 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 those people had thought this book is great i would assume i did something wrong mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like what is wrong with me this you know uh Kristen Cobes Dumez uh, likes my book. Ugh. Yeah, uh, what did, right. What Gosp- Gospel it? Coalition's yes. writing a piece on their front page. <laughs> How wonderful this book is! Like, yeah, <laughs> like, dang if, it, what I do wrong? Yeah, but man, I really messed up. Uh, but like, I mean, I'll, I'll go to different different places. I'll I'll talk to uh, people at conferences, things like that, where they're like, "I really liked your book. Like, it was it was one of the best things I read in the year." And it's like that that does way more for me. Yeah. Then, as far as encouragement, then if you know, 
the New York Times uh, had an op-ed about how great my book was. Like, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, actually, you know, the hate from the right people, you know, matters almost as much as the encouragement from from our people. I mean, it's it's a two-edged sword, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It it uh, it's been cool to see because I mean, there there's so many people, um, and, and it re- just kind of reaffirms my priors. You know, like there's so many, especially men who want a vision of, of the gospel impacting life that is, um, uh, that's aggressive. That mm-hmm. is, um, that there's a, a very clear mission that's within our world that you can do that. It has an effect, mm-hmm. um, where, where the impulses that God made in us to, to build things and to fight, um, are, are allowed to flourish. Mm-hmm. Right. That's kind of that. that's a, a big part, I think, of, of the success of the book is that people can see that in it where yeah. it isn't just kind of the the namby pamby, you know, oh, well, uh, just love everybody and be nice. Yeah. Just be a nice guy like that. It, that's that's not it at all. It's it's it, you're you're actually allowed to be a man and a Christian at the same time is is part of a big part of the book yeah um, so that, that well i and i and i think yeah. brother the timing of the book and with everything that's yeah. gone on in the last three years so what's been interesting to me over the last five years really post-millennialism yeah. and yeah. a recovery of biblical patriarchy has been running in par- like parallel lines i mean it's, oh, yeah. it's crazy growth where everything's falling mm-hmm. around you know falling and imploding and burning and mm-hmm. you know it's a huge dumpster fire and everybody's like all right, I'm post-millennial now. And and I'm we're, <laughs> yeah, it's like we're square that circle. Like it's yeah, everything's know, getting I worse, know. and everyone's yeah. like, I'm I'm post-millennial now. <laughs> yeah, right. And I know. and and wanting to take over the world one yeah. family at a time. You know, it, it, it's such a refreshing thing to see. I think when I first got on Gab, yeah. I one of the first things I saw it was I think it was in uh, 2021, and Torba was quoting David Chilton. I was like, what yeah. in the world? Like the yeah. CEO is quoting David Chilton. And I just read two years before I'd read Paradise Restored. And so yeah, yeah. Like, man, this is really cool. I mean, just to give Gab a plug, and see, I didn't even know you worked with Gab, but yeah. Um, man, I love it. I mean, I'm exclusively posting my stuff there. Only my videos yeah. are only going up there. I'm mm-hmm. I've got off of Instagram. I got on Twitter again. Or I'm, excuse me. I'm on Instagram for my shepherd's crook. I'm personally uh-huh. getting off Instagram at this at this point in phases. Yeah. But I went to Twitter for a minute again, jumped off Twitter. It was just so annoying. I've uh, been off Facebook and, but Gab, I love it. You know, it's uh, a great platform. I think he's doing a great job. So when I got on there and saw him quoting Chilton and, and other people, I'm thinking, man, what in the world is going on with this, I know. this platform I know. here? I can't I get why more Christians have not, you know, a lot of the people that you and I follow and even your friends, mm-hmm. we got some similar friends. Um, I wish that they would just completely jump off of, those other platforms. And I know people have their arguments to stay on, but mm. we have this over here on Gab and I wish it was their primary place to post. And then everything else was maybe secondary and everything could just be yeah. primary at Gab. But I mean, it is something neat that's going on uh, there and I've really appreciated it. So, um, you know, for all you guys that are connected to Gab, keep up doing what you're doing. Cause I think it's, I think it's pretty great. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, that, that's the one, one of the first things when I, when I first was on there, I mean, yeah, I no, noticed that too, that there are, I mean that, yeah, that Torba is post mill and, and that there are a lot of, a lot of Christians on there that, that are rapidly recovering these things. Um, and I mean, you, you're all, you also see um, all sorts of news and, and arguments and analysis of things that, you really can't find anywhere else. 
you know, that's, that's the other thing yeah, that I, right. I've been um, so encouraged by, like, there, there's all sorts of stuff where, I mean, some of it is like, it just simply is not allowed on, mm-hmm. on all these other platforms for, you know, particularly, you know, things regarding COVID and the vaccine and, and everything else. Um, but it, it isn't just limited to that. I mean, it's all, all, all sorts of, of, of news and content that you're just simply not allowed to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and so that, that's as, as the regime, you know, tightens its grip around everything, places like Gab yeah, become increasingly, increasingly important mm-hmm. uh, because we won't, it, it isn't going to be, oh, we're not going to let you talk. We're, we're going to, you know, shut down your posts, ban your accounts. If you talk about the vaccine or if you talk about COVID, right, yeah, or yeah. you talk about these things, it's going to be, if you oppose, you know, children having their genitals removed, uh, that's, that's transphobic or we're going to shut down your account. Um, like that's, that's, that's the future of, mm-hmm. of the regime's internet. Like it's, they want control. I mean, that that's um, really like the internet is, is this incredible tool that God has given us and um, what it did. I mean, especially like you look at the history of the 20th century and, and just in terms of like media in general and how, centralized control of media um shapes reality for all of like mass populations you know mm-hmm. so hundreds of millions of people perceive reality through uh what the radio then the tv uh tells them i mm-hmm. mean you even see it with i mean like covid was that way like why was covid a, a big deal it's because uh, an entire generation from cradle to grave reared on television the boomer generation you know, all whatever news station they watched told them this is going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and so, you know, Gen Xers, millennials, people and, and Zoomers, people further away from that and and uh, much more within Internet culture uh, that mm-hmm. using that media as their their form of of, um, you know, both entertainment and, and news source um, were much less susceptible to, to that. Yeah, exactly. um, and 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 so the the it's like this it shows you how important it is and even like the 2016 election is another example before they really clamped down on on free speech on the internet um you were able to like pe- people were able to discover all sorts of stuff about like hillary clinton and mm-hmm. yeah. jeffrey epstein and and like things that are totally verboten to to speak of um right before the election became a thing and mm-hmm. and millions of people found out about it and they couldn't allow that to happen again yeah. um so they 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 clamped it down and so that that just shows you how a free internet like truly free where mm-hmm. no one gets to decide what is is or isn't talked about other than you mm-hmm. right you personally are in charge of of of, of curating your feed and and so forth yeah. so that is um that is where I, where I see gab and and the, the strength of it the power and even you know even with twitter i mean some people are like, well, Twitter is so much better now, but they're, they're, yeah, they're still banning people. Right. I, I see friends getting banned left and right all the time on, on Twitter. Like I, I mean, I, I, I like uh, Twitter for sure. I like it's a bit. I mean, it's such a large platform. There's lots of people there. That's mm-hmm. you know, when people say the argument yeah, that's for the why appeal. they stay, why they stay on Instagram or why they stay on the, the these other places. That there's just there's a lot of people there. Um, I'm like, well, I, I, I keep it for that reason uh, to draw them in. But the the real stuff. I mean, even the stuff where I can be free because I'm I'm limited in what I can say on Twitter. Like I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I I know what I know where the guardrails are in, on that site. Yeah, exactly. um, so 
uh a gab that's where like the real posts are man like i <laughs> i can uh i have, don't have to worry at all about yeah. what i say i can i can just talk as freely as possible <laughs> yeah, um and it's and and it's great i mean for me honestly more than a tw- i mean a lot of people think a gab is like a twitter replacement i think of it more as a facebook mm-hmm. replacement where uh facebook is just atrocious yeah it is so like i i'll i'll log in there I hardly i used to use it a ton i used to use it a lot and i'll log in there now and it's like why am i even on it like 90 percent of the posts are ads mm-hmm. and right, yeah and or, or videos and, and reels and, and things like that. I don't even see people that I like, like none of, none of my friends from college or high school or, or, you know, locally um, post anything on there. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty worthless site now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whereas, you know, Gab has probably replaced all of my Facebook time that I, I yeah. had ever used. Uh, just, it's so much, it's so much more interesting, you know, yeah, that's, agreed that's how Dude. I look at it. So anyway, yeah, that it's, uh, so I'll, yeah, you, you'll get me going talking about that. I'll, I'll shill for it your entire show. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's switch gears a little bit. So now let's back up. So you're pastoring this Wesleyan church, uh, that's formerly Wesleyan. We're independent. Or formerly. Now. Yeah. Now yeah, you're tra- yeah, transitioning yeah. to CREC. So you were ordained to CREC. So you, uh, I'm assuming yeah. went to seminary somewhere. So let's back up into call to ministry kind of thing. So did you grow up in a Christian family? Uh, when did you become a Christian? How did you get into pursuing pastoral ministry? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in a in a in a Christian household. Um, I mean, we went to this this little Wesleyan church, and uh, my my whole life, and um, and it, even that church, it was, it was never really like this this deeply doctrinal Wesleyan church. It was, it was really like the one of the pastors was a missionary, you know, an evangelical missionary to Sierra Leone. And then the fellow that replaced him was, um, a Pentecostal. United Pentecostal ordained pastor. So oh, wow. it was really kind of, you know, generic evangelical, um, but, but more catered to an older generation. We sit, still sang, you know, the old revivalist hymns like Fanny Crosby and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, I grew up going to that, but then, then I, when I go to college, I, I, I get, you know, I get involved in, in Campus Crusade and uh, start making some friends there. And I, I went on a, a project, a summer project in Campus Crusade to New Jersey and, and, and met all these guys who were Calvinists. It was, it was, Uh-oh. it was strange. Yeah, I know. Like they, uh, they, they're like, just read your Bible, bro. Uh, just <laughs> open up uh, Romans nine, man. And I'm like, <clears throat> okay. And, and I remember reading it and I'd read the Bible a few times growing up, but I remember reading Romans nine like on its own. And it was like, that's, that's in the Bible that hmm. that's been there the whole time. No one ever told me, you know, I, I felt almost like betrayed, you know, and so at that point, you know, I started that they're like that. And that's, I mean, it's all around the same time that kind of everybody was doing this where they were, they were listening to you know John Piper and John MacArthur and R.C. Mm-hmm. Sproul. What, what year was this? What was yours for you? Two thousand six. Okay, yeah, so, so that was my, my time. Was about two thousand four, five, six. Okay, in there as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's right when like podcasts on like iTunes yeah. became a thing, and and I just consumed whatever I could find there, you know, and and I'd, I'd listen to I'd listen to tons and tons of stuff, and it was it was all 
you know, really excellent. And it was all exactly the kind of thing I needed in, in that time um, was, was getting up to speed on, 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 on a, a, a theology that was just, it was so much sturdier than what, you know, what I had encountered to that point in my life. Yeah. Um, and you know, that gave me a good theological basis for, for understanding God's word and understanding, um, you know, how, you know, the church and, and, and everything else. And, and so I, uh, shortly thereafter, I found a small PCA church in my college town and, uh, started going there. Uh, a bunch of my friends from campus crusade started going there. Um, uh, um, uh, my, my now wife, uh, she started going there with her friends. Right. And, and so and at that point, I mean, I was, I was starting to become interested in, well, why do these people, you know, baptize babies? I don't, mm-hmm. I grew up, it was, you know, essentially a Baptist, you know, um, one way or the other. It's just, well, why would you do that? Why would you ever baptize baby? So it, it, I was, I was fascinated by it. I wanted to know why, you know, cause it just seems so strange from mm-hmm. like the, the, the kind of individualistic uh, Baptist mindset. And, you know, so I, I started learning, you know, covenant theology and, and really understanding the Bible from, um, from like the whole Bible, um, from Genesis to Revelation and understanding the Old Testament and how it relates to the New Testament a lot better. And I started becoming persuaded of, of it. And I'm like, oh, I think this is right. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Cause I was, I was thinking about seminary. Like I visited Southern seminary in okay. Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that, I mean, that place uh, wowed me in the sense, like there was, it was so massive and there was so much money there. Um, and it, but it, 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 the vibe I got was like, this is no different than my state university. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously there's Christians, gotcha. these, these are all Christians here and, and there's the professors are really, um, top notch, but it just, it, it was like this, it seemed like almost commercial, you know? Oh, okay, very, gotcha. you know, yeah. Uh, and I also visited covenant theological seminary in, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And my, my impression of that place was like, um, all of the people there seemed like really, really liberal. Okay. You know, I was like, I was, I was kind of blown away by it. just the discussions they would have in, in class, in and after class. I was like, this is 2007 or eight. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, these guys, these guys like, you know, they seem like left wing. This mm. is weird. You know? And, and, and like, then. Just and now we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. experience that, like, 15 years later, 16 mm-hmm. years later um now it's like look at the pc right now man like oh, i can right. see what happened um they just i mean like there was one class where the guy was was there like yeah man i want to go to the like well for one like he's in in class wearing like a, a cut off you know t-shirt and it's this chubby <laughs> guy and and like he he uh and he's dressed like a hippie man and uh or like this grungy guy, right? And he's like, I, I want to go to the Pacific Northwest and minister to environmentalists. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> what? Uh, right, like, yeah. Minister what to them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you going to minister to? Like, yeah, Jesus loves the trees, man. <laughs> like, well, come on. Like, what What? What the world? Like, and so I can't, I can only imagine, you know, and, 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 and there are various gradations of that, you know, yeah, of, right. of, of people um, it, it, in different aspects of, of, of leftism. I mean, 
it was, it was, I, the, we didn't have the vocabulary for woke at that point, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's what it was. And, mm-hmm. and we were, I was witnessing like the wokeification of it. And, and really it wasn't like, they weren't like training guys who were just like hardcore lefties or anything. It was mostly it, the vibe I got from the place was like, you know, like the Yellowstone meme, like the Kevin mm-hmm. Costner, you know, Yellowstone meme where it's like, well, if you want to be a tranny, uh, you know, America's a free country, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, right. Like where it's just like these ostensibly conservative people, but they, don't stand up at all for what they believe in. And they totally accommodate the left. Like that was, that was the vibe I got from these guys where it's like, none of these guys are going to fight anything. Like none of these guys want to fight it. So anyway, so I, I was, I was pretty disillusioned with options for seminary after going on these visits where I'm like, I don't, this this place doesn't seem like for me at all. Mm -hmm. And my pastor was like, well, there's one other place you should check out. Um, You know, so, you know, this, there's this guy, Doug Wilson. I'm like, yeah, I know who he is. And it's like, yeah, he has a, he has, you know, that the college there, but they also have a seminary program in the church. Like you should, you should see if you want to do that. Yeah. And, and I heard about it. I looked into it and, you know, had some phone calls with, with some people about it um, that were there. And I'm like, this sounds right. This sounds exactly what I want to do. Like, this is, this is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I applied for it. I took a year between college and, and seminary, um, uh, got married that year. And then, then we moved out to, uh, Moscow, Idaho. And I spent three years, um, studying with, with Doug and with the men there. And it was, it's an awesome three years. I learned oh, a that's ton. Great. And, you know, I didn't get an MDiv out of it. They didn't, they weren't accredited, so I don't have an MDiv. Um, so there's some denominations that, you know, I could, I could demonstrate proficiency in Greek and Hebrew for them and, and pass a theological exam, but they would be like, nope, no MDiv. You didn't yeah, get, you, right. didn't, you didn't go hundred K in debt, buddy. So we don't <laughs> yeah, want you. Right. Uh, like that's, that's basically it. Like the credentialism is so absurd, yeah. but, um, but at, at any rate, um, I mean, that, that's the thing, like Doug doesn't have an MDiv either. Like he taught himself Greek yeah. and, and it's just kind of an autodidact. And so it sort of attracts similar type guys, not only in, in personality, but, but also, you know, ability, I think. Yeah. And that, that's kind of, yeah, that's great. I went through it. Um, but it was, it was, uh, it was, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, that's so I, cool. I can't, I can't imagine like sitting in some boring seminary class instead of like go you know sit with it was like there was like four or five of us tops in a class with him mm, man that's so cool and so, and so all the time i'm like interrupting him like wait hold on, <laughs> what, what <laughs> hold was on. That? explain that a little more you know it's like or, or you know sometimes i would argue with him but uh <laughs> but so it was, that, uh, that program it was so much fun. Greyfriars, right Greyfriars yeah. hall yeah, yeah Greyfriars hall in moscow yeah that, so that was oh it was it was it was so great and uh yeah i mean Many of the guys are still still there teaching. Um, you know, uh, Toby Sumter taught mm-hmm. some of the classes as well, and and uh, yeah, I I was so incredibly blessed to to get to take part in that, and it yeah, was cool. it was, and it was at no cost. I mean, that it was I had to buy books, you know, which can get expensive, but not a hundred k worth of books. Uh, yeah, and um, and so the church, you know, the church paid for it, and I, I was like, that's the way it ought to be done quite quite frankly that's great dude um so yeah yeah that's well that's, that's kind of my story that, that's so cool and you know it's neat with doug I'm, I'm getting ready to have him on the show for the third or first fourth time i do another podcast okay. as well where we've had him on and so 
been able to learn a lot from him over the years. And oh yeah, I got to visit Moscow a few years ago and sat down. Actually, my first interview that I did was a live interview with Toby. And okay. it's funny because I had been reading Doug for years, but had not, uh, it was in 2018 or 19, but just wasn't mm -hmm. familiar with, with, uh, with Toby very, very much at all. And I actually went to interview him and called him Tony Stumpler. <laughs> <laughs> it was like my first interview live. That's awesome. I'll he was like, wait, Tony like, Stumpler. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, wait, what? And, uh, <laughs> Tony Stumpler. That's great. I just saw him last yeah. week in Ogden. And yeah. so I uh I if I if we had done this before, you could have called him Tony Stumpler. I would have I would have said, What's up, Tony? <laughs> I don't I don't know if he remembers that or not. I'm sure he does, but I've had him on since to talk, you know, to oh, talk again. Great. But but uh you know, Doug is one of those guys where a hundred years from now, nobody's gonna have the complete works of Tim Keller. Nobody's gonna care. Yeah, nobody's gonna have the complete works of of hardly anybody that we are yeah reading and listening to today. And I, when I say we, I mean, evangelicals in general, but yeah. Doug is one of those guys where, you know, he's a, he's a timeless pastor and writer and mm -hmm. you're going to read him. I, I mean, I'm hoping that Canon's already working on, you know, working on that, that uh, complete work set because it's going to be so massive, but we, he keeps writing more stuff. That's I know <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that they're just, that they're categorizing it and filing it. And if he gets to live as long as his, his father, there's going to be, I mean, a, a massive, you know, treasure there for people to have, but, uh, yeah. Hey brother, this has been a ton of fun. And my wife is actually going to a ladies study on, uh, learn, not learning content. It's some Nancy Wilson book. We're going to going to okay. go through. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm a Baptist here. So I uh, just, just so you know. and, uh, I thought so. yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, I'm a friend, I'm one of the friendly kind. And, uh, but I would love for you. I mean, you've got your Contra Mundrum the, or whatever the podcast is that you yeah, do. Contra Mundrum, yeah. Yeah. And go ahead and just tell people where they can find out more about what you're doing and anywhere you want to point people. Just go ahead and throw that yeah, out. Yeah. So, I mean, the writing is at news.gab.com. So I, I've been, uh, we, it's the summer has slowed down a little bit, but I've been trying to put out one or two things a week. Um, there's a few articles that are there uh, upcoming, but that, that I, I write there uh frequently um and the podcast on on gab tv and we, we also have it on, on youtube and then also all the different audio podcatcher uh ways to get it is yeah contra mundum um and it's it's me and my my friend uh cj angle uh who is a, a writer for chronicles and and uh a business you know business owner out in in california he also attends a, a baptist even though he's not baptist he goes to a 1689 baptist church okay um and uh uh awesome dude really really bright uh sharp guy and i try to you know let him talk more than me it doesn't always you know i don't always succeed but uh he's he's great uh and his his ability to to understand um things as they're taking place, politics and, and culture and, and, and um, how it all relates is um, really unlike anybody I, I've met, at least our age, you mm -hmm. know? And, and, and so I, I, somehow I roped him into, into doing it. I'm like, no, nice. we need to do this. Let's do this podcast. And he's like, okay, yeah, let's go. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I, cause he had not really been doing any kind of content for a while. Like he was, he was, you know, majorly involved in a lot of libertarian stuff and, and, and built some things and had some successes and some failures and kind of wanted to step away from, from all of that. Um, and, and be out of public entirely. And I'm like, no, you, you, you're made for this, man. You got to mm. do it. <laughs> you got to do nice. it. We need you. 
So uh, yeah, we've been we've been putting out episodes every week, um, usually about an hour, hour and a half, and uh, we've been having a lot more guests on lately, especially you know um, your paleo conservative and 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 right wing type thinkers and and and, um, and and guys like that. And so like we had Paul Gottfried on a couple of weeks ago. We had with Charles Haywood. We had a lot of really really uh, smart guys that I'm like why. I don't know how we're able to get the it's because of CJ, I guess, that we're able to get all these guests that are that are so good. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah, it's 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 um been a lot of fun. I mean, we'll we'll a lot of it too is like I, I like to tell people is like the political analysis that we do, because everybody loves talking about politics, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and and the political analysis we do is not, you know, it's it's not gonna be your like lowbrow. Uh, low-hanging fruit oh the dems are bad yeah uh, kind yeah of exactly. political analysis it's 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 more like well what how do these how do you know how who, who are we ruled by how does it operate how do these people um you know what what are their motivations what drives them and how does this play out in in this event or that event um and and so it's 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 been a wild ride. It's like continued to grow. A lot of people. I mean, we're getting a lot lot more views now. And and it was fun going to the conference because all all the in, in Ogden because uh, there are all sorts of guys like, yeah, oh, we love your show. And I'm like, that's oh, cool. I'll let CJ know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun doing that. Becoming a podcaster. There you, know, you I go, man. I would be that. You know, I'm sure you didn't either. You know, no. Like, uh, <laughs> No, but it's, it's a good time and, yeah. you know, the, you know, keep up the good work and it ends up, it's, it's, it is cool when somebody reaches out and you realize yeah. it's been helpful. That's, that's a yeah. really encouraging thing. Absolutely. And, uh, so good deal. Hey guys, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening in. Please consider leaving a rating or review. Follow us, follow us on Gab if you haven't already. And we've been talking to Andrew Esker. Andrew, appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thank you so much.